We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, 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 and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, oh please, you please don't let this flop. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop, a podcast about internet culture brought to you by Rolling Stone. I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. Uh, We're smart people, talk about the dumbest shit ever. So speaking of which, one of the most popular trends on TikTok uh, and on the internet as a whole are gross food trends that you can't believe really exist. We talked about it, like, at the very beginning of the podcast. Yeah, like one of the first episodes. Yeah. If not the first. I think it was the first. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's very apropos. TVT. <laughs> um, so we just, we talked about the sploshing trend, which is basically like, it's a fetish, but there yeah. are all these videos of women on TikTok making milkshakes and toilets, and Jason Derulo um, has gotten in on this, and it's all very weird. It gets a lot of attention and engagement, even if most of it is negative, and people are wondering like, oh, are people jacking off to this? Um but one video, and I'm pretty sure almost no one is jacking off to. I don't want to say no one, but probably, like, very close to almost no one, <laughs> is a TikTok video of Spokane-style pizza posted last week by Josh Scherer, who is a podcaster and YouTuber at Mythical Kitchen. Did you watch this video? I have not yet. You should check it out. Okay. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um I've been getting yeah. a lot of food content because I just entered my second trimester and my food cravings have been, like, off the wall. Like, I haven't been <laughs> able to stop thinking about Quiznos Black Angus subs. Weirdly, TikTok did not serve me this video <laughs> because I think the <laughs> algorithm assumed that as a native New Yorker, I would be appalled by it. And if you actually watch, it's obvious why. Spokane-style pizza is the most underrated regional pizza. You start off with a Pyrex because Spokane actually invented the casserole. Fry sauce, a local delicacy. It looks disgusting. <laughs> it doesn't look very different, though, than the pizza that I uh, was eating last night in my hotel room, and I'm continuing to consume Did it have today, fish on though, it? Which is just no fish, but, like, it's just, like, thick and cheesy. So I'm glad I didn't have fish, though. I don't think it looks that bad. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Aside from the fish. The fish is awful. The fish is... It, it's mm-hmm. grotesque. However, everything else... The fine. strawberries are fine. The, the strawberries, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about... Fruit on pizza. Pineapple is really the extent of it. I've had amazing, like, high-end pizza with pears on it. Like, really good. I could see... Oh, I could, I could see that yeah, working. With, and strawberries, too. Like, if you put some ricotta on the pizza. Yeah, I, I could okay. see that. But strawberries and fish? Yes. Yes. That's, you're right. No. Should we try this? Should we? No, 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 no. Now I'm like kind of, I feel like now I've like watched the video on loop this in the background this entire time while you've been talking. And like now I'm kind of like, maybe I'll try this pizza. I mean, you can go ahead. I want no part of it. (laughs) But it did, I mean, it looks like he shot it well, I guess is my point. Like it's it's not the most disgusting looking food video I've seen on TikTok by a long shot. Um, yeah. And my other instinct was that this isn't real. Like, this might, I, I think it's a joke. Right? Like, the specific, the, the, the sound, I don't know if you watched with the sound on, but he talks about, like, he has these really specific details. Like, 
we're putting it in a Pyrex because casserole was invented in Spokane and, and he talks about the quality of the Eastern Washington salmon. Mmm, get that good quality Eastern Washington salmon. You got that beautiful creamy fry sauce and that little hit of sweetness and acid from the strawberry. And it all kind of strikes me as an elaborate troll, like sort of like skeleton brunch or goblin mode or any of the other fake internet trends. Yeah. We've talked about yeah. before. Um, but it kind of seems like he's making fun of the idea of various regional foods going viral because that's something that's very popular on TikTok in the first place. Like, oh, here's like Detroit pizza. Here's like Sacramento salmon. Like that's that's yeah. the type of content that gets a lot of engagement. And and if you look at the rest of his content, like it's very trollish. Like he did a video where he, he ate Fruit Loops out of a giant wheel of Parmigiano Reggiano with the caption, what I eat in the day. So it, it kind of seems like this is his thing. But people on the internet... That doesn't sound terrible. Fruit Loops outside of a... Yeah, it sounds fine. Parmesan. Or, it sounds yeah. fine. <laughs> Two birds, one I kind of want it, to be honest. Again, I yeah. just had lunch and I'm starving already. But yeah. people on the internet like don't appreciate things like nuance and context. Like Clearly, people didn't go back into his page and see his videos. So they immediately started reacting with rage to the video. Particularly people from Spokane who were like, this is not a real thing. And someone wrote, abomination is not a strong enough description. Maybe abomination. <laughs> like with a B. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I laughed out loud when I saw that. I really liked that because it was so <laughs> dumb. Um, but we, I mean, I, I don't know for a fact whether it's a joke. We kind of just wanted to have Josh onto the podcast to explain this to us. Like, is this a troll? Yeah. Is Spokane Pizza real? And like... What did he learn, if anything, from pissing off the internet to such a degree? So, Josh, welcome. My name is Josh Scherer. I'm the director of culinary content for Mythical Entertainment. I host the YouTube show Mythical Kitchen, and I'm also the co-host of the podcast A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. Awesome. Thank you for coming on the pod. I, so can you please clarify, just right off the bat, is this for real? What is real, Edith? No, no, it's not okay, for no, real. Okay, no, no, don't do that. That's, that's not okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, people have been calling this the gaslight pizza, which I really appreciate. Uh, but no, it's not real. I mean, it's it's a joke where a comedy forward food, you know, channel, whatever you want to call us. We made a video where I claimed to have made a two hundred sixty thousand dollar burrito, and I put a giant fake diamond in it. Um, right. And so, no, I mean, our our most successful series on TikTok is me talking about how I'd kill and eat beloved childhood uh, cartoon characters. Uh, so no, this is just a big goof. We were just new boot goofing. Um, and it's incredible to me that yeah. people uh, really took it and ran with it as far as they did. Thank you for um, shouting out <laughs> yeah, new boot goofing. It's very that. important to all of us. Just new boot goofing. So how did you get the idea to make this disgusting um, pizza? I got the idea because there are so many of these small regional pizzas out there that the internet always seems to get worked up about. Um, Altoona style is the biggest one from Altoona, I believe, Pennsylvania, that just has a slice of American cheese draped across it. There's Old Forge style pizza that's double crusted and occasionally stuffed with broccoli. There's Colorado Mountain pizza that has a braided crust that you dip in honey so it can be a dessert. There's so many of these small, obscure regional pizzas that I was like, why not Spokane? Why can't Spokane have their own? Uh, and so that's kind of how we we did it. Have you actually spent any time in Spokane? Because I saw you made a very specific reference to a very specific <laughs> eatery. 
um, in Spokane, <laughs> but it seemed like something you could have also just Googled and <laughs> copy-pasted. <laughs> No, so I actually did spend one week in Spokane when I was 17 at a shot put in discus camp called Ironwood at Whitworth University. This is, I will give you the email exchanges as the receipts. And so, yeah, literally seven days in Spokane while throwing heavy metal balls as a uh, beefy teen was my only experience in Spokane. That said, it's an absolutely beautiful city. I mean, there's like, uh, their slogan is what? Near nature, near perfect. And I agree, city of Spokane. Yeah. Is this video, like, especially with sort of the other kind of like, like goof sort of recipes, has this made people the angriest? Or have you had a video before that has made people like even more kind of like an intense response from the internet? This is definitely the angriest the internet has gotten at me over a video. I'm trying to think of anything that could rival it. Um, Back in 2013, there were these things called blogs. It was like a vlog, but just written on the web. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I made a recipe for ramen donuts. And I was literally in college at the time. And it was just a a very silly recipe that I I wanted to play around with. Uh, And like the LA Times started covering it. Um, The responses that food... The response that food gets that people don't like on the internet seems to be something that hits very close to home for a lot of people, that people have a lot of nostalgia locked up Mm -hmm. in, that people have a lot of their own identity locked up in, and the responses are just so incredibly strong for everything, which is bizarre to me because regional foods, they someone said you can't just make up a food and attach it to a region and say that it exists. Yes, the fuck you can. Chicago deep dish pizza has no root in literally anything. It was just a guy who said, I want to make something and attach it to Chicago. At least Detroit-style pizza, they have the mythos behind it where they say, we cooked it in the oil pans that were left over from the auto industry because that's what Chicago does, but Ch- or, or that's what Detroit does. But Chicago, literally some dude just said, fuck it, we're going to make a pizza and say it's Chicago And now it is. It's like that old saying, a cult plus time equals religion. Same thing with regional foods. So that said, you can just make up foods. It does exist in a sense. Spokane-style pizza is now on Wikipedia, which is utterly bizarre. Um, So anyways, yeah, I I guess, I don't know, I get the outrage and I don't at the same time. The internet's a weird, wild place. Um, Someone that went to high school with my fiancé got booted off Twitter for telling me I should kill myself. Uh, oh and he God. had no idea that uh, I'm engaged to somebody who went to high school with. And so he was like bragging about it on Instagram. And then people were like, yo, 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 that's Julia's fiance. And he was like, oh, I feel bad now, which if that isn't the internet in a fucking nutshell, uh, I don't know what is. And have you heard from the people from Spokane personally? Like, have they said anything to you? Like what's been sort of like, like they know that I feel like, they know that it's obviously a, a parody and a joke, but, like, were they mad or did they find it funny? Oh, uh, I don't think, I mean, it's interesting anytime on the internet you use they, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime you say they know, referring to the people of Spokane, because there's a quarter million people in Spokane. Mm-hmm. And when you say they, you're referring to 60 Twitter comments that you've read, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, what does the term they actually mean? I'll tell you, the 60 Twitter comments that I've read, I mean, there have been thousands um, but the 60 that I've really read, they don't seem to know that it is a joke or a parody. Um, you think you would after making such bold claims as Spokane, quote, who invented the casserole, 
What yeah, does we, that even mean? We fact mean? checked you, by the way. So. <laughs> no one, no one. And did you did you find did you find the fact that it was invented in New Hampshire? Yeah. yeah. By uh, yeah, that's not true at all either. Whoa, really? Who? What? What? What's a casserole? Who could have invented the casserole? Throughout the history of time, people have been throwing stuff together into a thing and cooking it. I'm Jewish. I, mean, I don't what know what a casserole? casserole is. I've never eaten a casserole. A kugel. That's from the Midwest. That's like oh. a food. I group. just made. I just made my Bubby's kugel and simis. That's a casserole. No one invented the casserole. I thought that would be a giveaway that it was a joke, and it was not. <laughs> uh, so I, I think the people of Spokane, at least the ones, there's something called negativity bias, right, in any sort of surveying. If you call someone and go, how do you feel about Governor Gavin Newsom, someone who likes him is going to go, I, I'm eating dinner. If somebody doesn't like him, then they're going to spend half an hour yelling about how much they hate Governor Gavin Newsom. Same thing on Twitter. There's going to be a negativity bias. So anytime you put something out there, if somebody likes it, they're going to shut the hell up. If somebody doesn't like it, they're going to tell you to go kill yourself. And you've confused getting attention for comedic talent. And you're a huge piece of crap. So that said, all the responses I've seen on Twitter, people don't seem to think it's a joke. There's a couple that do, which is very heartening. Um, but there's a huge negativity bias, of course. Yeah. And how did it actually taste? <laughs> If you are somebody who enjoys a tuna melt and also somebody who enjoys pineapple on pizza, and if you could imagine eating those together on the same plate, then you would likely enjoy EJ. I see, I see you're not down with either of those. No. We, I <laughs> mean, I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm, I'm a pizza purist, honestly. I, I am a, like a limited toppings kind of, kind of girl. Okay, you were just telling about a pear on pizza situation that you liked. But that was like a fancy gourmet. There was like gorgonzola okay. and like honey on it. Like I, whoa, I don't know. Whoa. What's what's fancy about gorgonzola and honey? You know, what I mean, gorgonzola. It's just a te- if, if it was blue cheese, would you still say it's like fancy? Is that like a fancy thing? I don't know. I was in college. It was fancy to me at the time. <laughs> oh, it's the, there's this trend of like people like Zoomers making up internet trends that go viral, and then mm. journalists write them up as if they're legitimate. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seemed like your video was like a little bit like the food version of that in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like effectively a troll. But I think it was, yeah. But it's it's really interesting, like, because to me, the whole way that I viewed it was just I do comedy that's based on food mm-hmm. on the internet. I make jokes, right? And so when I put this out there, I thought it was very obvious that it was a joke. Obviously it had to skirt the line of reality enough to suck people in for the punchline. But then all the responses I got were like, this guy's just making things up for clout. He just made a video for attention. It's like, the only reason to make a video (laughs) is to get attention. You are responding to this for attention. We live in the hellscape that is the social media economy. Everybody's doing everything for attention. You are farming engagement by using my attention-grabbing content to grab your own attention. It is an absolute clusterfuck of everybody just wanting to be seen online. That said, if somebody tells you a knock-knock joke, do you go, we entered into the social contract and I thought somebody was actually at the door. You simply made this up for clout and attention. It's like, no, it's called a joke, you weirdo. Mm-hmm. With that, That's the way I view it. With the, with the response that's happened, like, when you think about like the content that you're planning for the future, like how has this sort of affected if not like encourage you to do more sort of like regional aspect or like has it discouraged you from doing more sort of like regionally minded parody videos like what how has this sort of changed or um molded the way that you're looking at future videos like this for you 
That's really interesting because so much of the rule on the internet, especially when it's your job as a full-time content, especially when it's your job as a full-time content creator to grab attention and you're always looking at the numbers and what's performing well and what's not, your first instinct is this worked, let's do it again. Um, I don't know if I'm actually on that path right now. I don't want to just be the uh, person who makes up weird regional foods I mean, we already have a brainstorm sheet going of things we could do. Um, but that said, the way this blew up and really took off like wildfire, it it honestly freaked me out a little bit mm-hmm. in the sense that there's content travels differently on different mediums, right? This was meant to be a TikTok. I mean, it was natively posted to TikTok. And then we put that across Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts. I tweet it from my personal Twitter. The way that content spreads on Twitter is that Someone takes the initial snippet and then they put it onto their page, right? Like you are retweeting it or you're commenting it. You're losing, you're decentralizing it from the initial thread. Mm -hmm. So this is people taking their own context and their own spin on it. And then they're putting it out to their audience. Whereas TikTok, it's all on your page, right? People can duet it, but it's not nearly as common to say a a quote tweet on Twitter. And so on TikTok, 130,000 views. The top comment is, lol, this is obviously a joke. Y'all are taking it too seriously. People read that comment immediately and go, oh, haha, funny joke, right? And so then it goes on Twitter and it's decentralized and it's spread out to all these other people who are like, look at this absolute piece of crap. This guy's just lying for a clout and stuff like that. And then it somehow like gets away from the initial context of this is obviously a joke. And so it freaked me out a little bit. It made me think about the content that we're doing. It really affects a lot of things. I mean, there's like journalists who are, I mean, y'all too, like there's like actual, not, I've gotten so many quote investigative reporters into my Twitter DMs being like, Hey, is Spokane pizza actually real? We've, we've Googled it and can't find anything. And it's just like, just go to the initial TikTok, read the top three comments and all of this could have been solved. Thank you so much for coming on and explaining Spokane style pizza. And also yeah, dissuading course, me from me. making it for myself. And <laughs> I'd say try it once. You should do it. It's like $8 <laughs> in ingredients. The canned salmon, will, it, it'll be on sale. It's time now for Straight People, a segment where we talk about the happenings of straight celebrities and their weird sometimes lives. Straight people. But today we have good news. Today we have like two, two items of very good news for two women Absolutely. who are very close to my heart. First up is Lindsay Lohan. So... Have you been, you've been following Lindsay for the past few years, right? Like you, you like, do you keep abreast of what Lindsay Lohan has been up to over the last like five, six years? I feel like I've done two stories within the past six months about very weird things that Lindsay got involved with online. One was, one was a furry NFT that she had to apologize Mm -hmm. for where she posted a tweet of her for Sona. And then the other was this ad that she did for this like stupid trollish startup called Famera, where she basically, like, farted on camera. Like, for probably, like, 50 bucks. Oh, Famera president, it's me, Lohan. I call upon thy name to ask for forgiveness for being a dirty little stinker. She's, it seems like she has been sort of... It's, it seems like she's been prepped for a comeback for a very long time, and everybody really yeah. wants her to, and the goodwill is there. But in the meantime, she's just kind of, like... Post, she's making money. She's making coins. Yeah, post her reality she show, she's just kind of adrift making money however she can. Yeah. So you're right. Like, Lindsay has been sort of, like, on an uptick, I think, in terms of we're getting close to 
hopefully a Lindsay Lohan renaissance in film and television. Mm-hmm. Um, and she seems to have turned her life around a lot. So, of course, her teens and her 20s were just completely full of controversy and arrests and substance abuse. And Lindsay seems to have found her center in some way. She's found some sort of, like, grounding element in her life. So one thing is that since 2014, she has been inexplicably living in Dubai, though she briefly ran a club in Mykonos and was, like, living in Greece for a little bit. Can we talk about that show, by the way? Because I'm assuming you watch that show. Can we talk for just, like, a second about that show? It was was a good show. It was a a good show. show. And I was so mad that the club, basically one day people just went to this club and it was no longer there was like all evidence of it ever existing was gone one day um and i'm so mad because i want to go to the club so badly well i i um, have a theory i had a theory at the time that the club because all you would see on it were like you saw the staff because the show is about the staff and Lindsay is sort of this like bad bitch boss and yeah it's the, her vanderpump rules yes it was her vanderpump rules now i want to do things differently i want to be my own boss so I opened Lohan Beach Club in Mykonos. Are you ready? Occasionally you would see guests, but the guests were almost always fellow MTV reality stars. Yeah. So I think that the, sh- the hotel never really, I don't think it ever, I don't think the club ever really existed. I think it was just like PR yeah. for, um, for like a PR tool for MTV. But I was obsessed with Panos, um, Lindsay's like henchman. Me and my husband quote, yeah. quote Panos all the time. <laughs> Um, as a Greek American, I appreciated Lindsay Lohan and her, her Greek club. Um, and I'm very sad. I wish I, I hope it, I hope that like a real version of it exists. Um, so otherwise she's lived in Dubai and she was briefly engaged to, I think around like 2016, she was briefly engaged to a Russian quote unquote real estate mogul who has some really shady business dealings and even shadier relationship with Lolo Han. Like it was really fucked up. So there's been some like ups and downs, of course, over the last near decade. Mm -hmm. But in the interim, she has started to get her acting career back on track. And most recently she is going to star in a Netflix Christmas movie that she filmed that's coming out later this year. And if you know anything about Netflix Christmas movies, you'll know that they are really truly one of the most iconic pieces of pop culture we have. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you know, we have, like Vanessa Hudgens, who we've talked about on this podcast before, has start, started in several of them. Honestly, I think the Netflix Christmas movies are a big part of Baby V's comeback in her own way. Another really, really great news for her. She's found love in Dubai with Badr Shamas, who's the assistant VP of Credit Suisse. They started dating in 2020. They got engaged in November 2021. And in a post recently, they seem to finally celebrate their engagement with a party. And according to one TikToker, however, there's a secret revelation possibly hidden in the Instagram comment likes. Listen here. Can we talk about Lindsay Lohan being pregnant and nobody talking about it? I'll show you. Right here. Ready? OMG. Baby bump. <gasps> Lindsay liked it. I don't know, y'all. Oh, no. So Lindsay is pregnant. Maybe. Maybe. That she as Maybe. as a commenter in the on that TikTok pointed out, she likes a lot of her comments. Yes. So that's not necessarily yeah. proof in itself, but that certainly seems like a baby bump. Yeah. So it looks like I mean she's wearing like one of those like weird waist type of shirts where it's kind of like they're not really I mean, I don't know. It's just like a it's a weird shirt to wear. If you're not, like, pregnant, I feel like. It's, like, a too high up a waist. Are we above speculating whether women have baby bumps? I, like, I feel like I'm not. Honest. I'm not. Yeah. I think it's fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not body shaming. <laughs> it's not body shaming because it's fun and lighthearted. And we're happy for that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she's pregnant. And she seems genuinely happy in her new life. Like, she seems like this, like, relationship looks very cute. They seem to have, like, a nice time. Like, all their pictures, they look very genuinely thrilled to be with one another. Um, and, you know, I, I think that liking that, I don't know. But she hasn't said anything, we will say. There's been no official comment from Lindsay Lohan, from her fiancé, from anyone. But I think she's pregnant. I'd like to believe it. She deserves it. She but deserves some. She's had such a hard life. She has. She's, she deserves a, a little joy in her life. But in confirmed pregnancy news for women who have had lives more troubled than they deserved, Britney Spears is pregnant. Yay. She actually announced it. She actually confirmed it. Um, she made a very peak Britney post on Instagram. I don't know if you saw, but it was like this like photo that someone else had done, like a very artsy photo of like a cup of coffee mm-hmm. in like a pink teacup. And um, she had, like, a long Instagram cop- caption, like, full of emojis and thought that she was, like, gaining weight while, she, like, after she was in Maui. And Sam Asghari, her fiancé, was like, no, she's, like, a food baby. Like, you're not pregnant. That doesn't happen, and she took by a pregnancy the way. Test. That's, she's, I know. she's lying, but, but that's okay. <laughs> they're, you know, it's they're too, an empty-headed couple, you know? Um, and then she took a pregnancy test and she found out she was pregnant. And it's really nice because she has posted post-conservatorship which ended in the fall. She's posted a lot about wanting to have another child, about um, how much she loved to have a baby girl, especially. But, like, she just, like, really has wanted to have another child. And I, if anyone missed this in the really, really harrowing testimony that she had made about her conservatorship last summer, she had alleged that she was forced to have an IUD implanted in her, even though she's been wanting a child for a really, really long time. She wasn't allowed to have one, um probably due to the fact that she was being, you know, allegedly forced to be on tour and be doing this Vegas residency and to work constantly. Um, So there was a lot of of issues with that. So it is very, very good news coming from her. She seems like a great mom. Like her sons have like, seem like they have turned out very well. And yeah, because you never see them, which is a good sign. You never see them. She seems like very genuine. Like every time she like posts with them, they look very, very genuinely happy. They also were very, um, one of the sons, I think the eldest one who is Jaden, I think is the eldest and Sean Preston's the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be getting that wrong, but he had even gone on, like he had like a burner Instagram for a little bit where he was like, go on live and everything. And he was very much advocating for his mother's rights, um, during sort of like the worst months of the conservatorship towards the end. Um, so they, I, she seems like a very good mom and I'm very happy for her. She also is very honest about the fact that she had, um, dealt with like perinatal depression during her last pregnancy or during at least one of the pregnancies she had dealt with that um, and how it was just impossible for her to talk about it when she went through it and how it's so much better now that she can like express these feelings and there are resources for that and how she's protecting herself through this pregnancy and I'm very very happy for her and wish her and her peak himbo husband well I don't know fiance Maybe husband. They haven't confirmed if they're actually actually married, well, but she does refer to as him. As we discussed last week, we can just use those terms interchangeably. Right, right, right. But like, you know, just for the sake of of legal clarity, mm-hmm. um, her partner, mm-hmm. they he's very peak himbo, um, and seems to adore her. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of her her post conservatorship life post conservatorship life where she's just calling out everyone 
um, writing just novels on Instagram about her boobs, just naked constantly, having a nice time, and about to have a baby. I'm ba- I'm happy for I'm her. I'm thrilled for her. It was such a good announcement. It was one of, like, the top three best celebrity pregnancy announcements that I've ever seen, um, in part because of just how much she struggled in the past, but also, as you mentioned, like, I, I'm pretty sure she tagged just, like, a random photographer with her announcement. Yeah. Like, somebody who she... At first, I was like, oh, maybe this 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 is, like, some sort of coded thing. Like, it's pink. The couple is pink. She's having a girl. Maybe she hired this photographer. But I'm pretty sure that wasn't the case. Like, it was just this... No, no. She does that a lot. So she posts a lot of, like... A lot of her Instagram is a mix. And it's always been this way. It's been a mix of, like, photos of her, obviously, and, like, videos of her. But then she does, like, post and repost a lot of, like, very Pinteresty stuff that she finds. And she's very good at crediting people. Like, she's very, very good at, like... If she finds, like, random art that she likes, she'll repost it. So it's not her, like, commissioning stuff. Like, she's literally just pulling stuff from other Instagrams that she likes or from, like, it's uh, it feels very, like, Facebook mommy. Like, it feels like very, like, pres- precious moments mom, you know, <laughs> where it's, like, like very, like, sweet kind of memes of, like, you know, like, she'll post, like, these, like, like a black and white photo of, like, stock image of like two girls talking she's like i wonder what they're talking about and then it's like emojis of like heels and like flowers and like like handbag and it's just like very it's very cute and she's very good at crediting the original artist for all that they all that and i mean a lot of people can learn from britney spears's just quality of crediting artists for their work you know who could learn the new york times journalists true true could learn true they could they could take a page What's it like to be pregnant at the same time as Britney Spears and possibly Lindsay Lohan? Um, I mean, I was more excited that I was pregnant at the same time as Trisha Paytas because I found out like around the mm. time that she announced. I think she's having a baby in September. I'm due in October. Um, yeah. But I mean, just Trisha and Britney and me, I feel like it's like the trifecta of like yeah. bad bitches. <laughs> Knocked up bad bitches <laughs> running around. You three should have a, a joint baby shower. Oh, my God. How fucking chaotic would that be? No, I don't think you understand. I'm obsessed. Welcome to Obsessed, the segment in which we talk about a content creator we're obsessed with. Um, this week, I feel like for the past 29 episodes, Brittany and I are constantly like alluding to our theater kid past, but without direct, directly yeah. confronting them. Like, yeah. What do you call that? Like an Easter egg? Like what's the film terminology? I'm not a nerd. Yeah. I don't know. Is that what what Um, you call it? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. It's an Easter egg. Uh, Okay. Dramatic irony? I don't know. (laughs) Is that the right right word? Diagetic music. (laughs) 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 I'm not a fucking nerd. I don't know. But (laughs) this week we actually get to talk about our theater kid histories head on because our obsessed subject this week is Margie Eldreth, a music teacher at Cab Calloway School of Performing Arts in Delaware. She directs the school musicals and every day she has a bunch of magnets from various musicals on a filing. They're like more like stickers, I guess, because she rips them up um, on this piano and she every day she takes one off. um, So by the process of elimination, it reveals to the kids uh, what the musical for next year will be. So, so this yeah. is what she eliminated yesterday. Today's show is a kind of a big one. I'm going to disappoint a lot of people. It's ragtime. It's ragtime. <laughs> and the day before she eliminated this. 
Man of La Mancha, man of La Mancha. Um, I can't stop watching this. I have no investment in it. I don't know any of these people. I'm never going to see any of the shows. I sent you a clip. They did Mamma Mia last, a couple months ago. Did you? Yeah. It looked good. I mean, I would watch. Yeah, it looked, it looked like a, a bunch of kids doing Mamma Mia. Yeah, I'd watch the whole video, though. Like, I would watch two and a half hours. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would do that, but... <laughs> To be fair, I would, but like I don't know anybody in the cast. Like I have no investment in this, but it's I'm so yeah. invested in which musical they are doing this year, and I'm not the only one. Every day, my for you page says, "You don't know this lady, you don't know this school, you don't know these students, but you do care what musical they're doing next year. You care so much, like people cared about the pug with the bones." I have um repeatedly threatened my friends to get into going to regional theater shows as a bit, mm-hmm. you know, like community theater. Do that. That's a like great a bit. bit. That's a great idea. Do you that. Know? Like, I feel like if I just, like, showed up to, like, Long Island and found some, like, community theater production of, like, Chicago, I would have a great time. Yeah, I just want to, I want to go somewhere in the middle of, like, New Jersey, and I want to put a bunch of wine in, like, a like a sparkly pink tumbler that I just kind of, like, aggressively shake mm-hmm. the entire time and drink it and watch someone i know poorly sing or i don't know maybe they're a hit, maybe they're they're a hidden talent yeah i um, don't know it depends on the school i think for this school they're probably pretty good because it's a performing arts school yeah but yeah i i feel like this woman is on a fucking power trip honestly like i think she's kind yeah. of a villain <laughs> i don't i don't know if that's like a popular opinion on tiktok but like do you remember like no one has more power than a high school theater director choosing next year's musical Oh, our high school theater director was Machiavellian. Yeah, Like, he was terrifying. The man just would sit there in the corner, just chugging Diet Cokes and just scream at people all day. Like, he was a terrifying person. Exactly. They are on such power trips because they know how much the kids care, these 16, 17-year-olds care, and they just fuck with you. Yeah. Like, I would say, I would say like, Putin has less power than this woman does, honestly. Or like it's Biden true. has less. Like she holds her students' fates in yeah. in her hands. Like I vividly yeah. recall speculating based on nothing about what the musical next year would be. And the director loved it because he was like this Australian aspiring actor and it was like the one thing he had going for him, which is always the case with theater directors. And it built this little cold of personality for him. And the show was always bad. We never did. There was not a single year we did a good show. Yeah. Not a single year. Every year we'd pray, we'd be like, oh, is it rent? Is it hair? Is it cabaret? And it, it was like, it was the Mikado. My senior yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Mikado. <laughs> Wait, so what shows are left on the board now? Okay. Very, very good question. Um, okay, keep in mind that we record a few days before we air, but there are some crazy choices. I don't know what she's thinking. I guess she needs to have like a lot of options on the board. Just yeah. so she can like build up the drama, but we've got Kinky Boots, we've got Jekyll and Hyde, we've got I Love You, You're Perfect Now, Change, which is an off-Broadway review about relationships where I famously took my tenth-grade boyfriend right before he dumped me <laughs> <laughs> for his birthday. <laughs> Were the two related? I don't know. I'll never know. Um, we have Aida, which you, I mean, have you seen Aida? Like, it needs a predominantly black cast. Yeah. 
And she doesn't give teacher to a predominantly black school energy, yeah. um, but that's just me. And if you if you watch the Mamma Mia cast, it's, it doesn't seem like a predominantly black school. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's a, if that's a choice. I don't know about that. The comments people are speculating newsies. Um, people yes. really want them to do newsies, but if it, if it's newsies, does she have enough boys who can dance? Who knows? Like this is the stuff that keeps me up at night. Like she has to be considering all these different factors. Can I tell you something really cursed that we did in high yeah, school? Yeah, I, I've um, been, yes. <laughs> okay, so I was a theater kid, but I wasn't in musicals mm-hmm. or plays. I just did speech team, which is somehow even mm-hmm. worse. Um, anyway, but I, of course, it was all the same program. And so we did Greece senior mm-hmm. year. And the thing with Greece is that you need a good number of boys in the cast, right? Like, you just need, like, you need male singers. You need all of that. Like, there's a lot of male solos in Greece. And we did not have that in our theater program. I went to a small school. It's a Catholic school. We've talked about this. Like, all like, the schools were small. So what they did was, Mr. Donway, I'll say him by name. Uh-huh. Um, he was he was lacking options, and we had a few. We had like my friend Alex did. He did the, those magic changes solo. Amazing. That was the first time we all realized that Alex might be hot because he was actually. That's a he, really like, good song to prove that you're hot too. Yeah. He, like, he hit puberty, like, right before he entered this musical, too. And it was just, like, it was a good moment uh-huh. for him. A good glow moment for him. And we had this guy, Adam, who was, like, you know, he was the kind of the star boy of everything. Like, he was tall. He just, like, starred in everything. Yeah. He had a, a good enough voice. And he played um, Danny. Uh-huh. But we needed a Kanicki. We didn't have a Kanicki. And they were going to put um, my friend Michael in it, but Michael couldn't sing. You don't need to like sing in, to be Kanicki. But you need enough, enough to sing, but he couldn't, he couldn't do it at all. And he's very sweet and he's very charming and made a great Kanicki. Um, but <laughs> instead, basically what Donovan was going to do was bring back someone who had graduated <laughs> the year before <laughs> another boy named Michael. And the, what the two Michaels had in common is they were both like the football players who were also yeah. on in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one who had graduated, he kind of looked like a like a um, like a more buff Zac Efron, right? Like his face looked very Zac Efron esque at the time, and he was very hot. And basically, he everyone had a crush on him. But basically, like, Donway was like about to bring this boy back from college to play Kanicki because he could actually hold a note and sing. And he was so desperate for a uh, someone to sing for the part of Kanicki that he was going to pull someone out of college to come back to our high school. And performing a production of was Greece. the guy down for it? He was considering it, but I don't remember what happened. Um, but at some point, he like got um, the other Michael instead to do it. The one who couldn't sing, and he was lovely. He was lovely. He was great. I mean, we love we, Michael was a, a wonderful person, um, and so I'm really glad that he did that. But yeah. I mean, that would have been really embarrassing for him if he had come back. It would have been so. But he was literally about to pull this guy out of college. <laughs> Was any teacher like, don't, you no, you can't. Everyone was like, don't do it. And he was like, I have to go to school. My God, that's that's some wild shit. I mean, to be fair, I have dreams that I'm asked to come back and like reprise roles that I originated yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in, uh, in elementary and middle school and high school, like all the time. Like I had, I, I was, um, I was uh, Adelaide in Guys and Dolls a couple times. I was really fucking yeah. good. And, like, I, I dream all the time about, like, oh, you're 33. Like, you have another career. Like, come back and do this role with with 10-year-olds. 
Would I, <laughs> would I do it? Yes. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Um, but I'm glad Michael didn't because that would have been embarrassing yeah. for him. Okay, let's do himbo. So welcome to Himbo of the Week, our segment where we crown our favorite hot idea of the week. And it brings me great joy to bring a himbo institution into this segment. This week we crown Academy Awards win- Academy Award winning actor Al Pacino. <laughs> As our himbo of the week. Congrats, Al. This is now your most important award. And you may be wondering why Al. It's not because he was super, super hot, very, very young, but it's because of him now in present day. And it's because internet sleuths figured out that he has a Shrek phone case. Uh-huh. So, in a photo posted by Jason Momoa, of all people, to his Instagram, Al was at dinner with him, and he was seen at the far end of the table with his rumored 28-year-old girlfriend, who was also Mick Jagger's ex. Just weird. Just a weird dating pattern. Um, But on the table in front of Al, you can see two things the actor is rarely seen without in paparazzi photos. One is his iPhone, and two, a pair of white wired headphones that he, like, is always holding or has in. So the phone case isn't totally clear from the photo. It's, like, a little blurry. You can kind of tell it's, like, a weird collage of something. But Blank Checks Pod's social media manager, Marie Barty, did some sleuthing and found that it was a collage of Shrek pictures that you can buy online, which I am now seriously considering purchasing because I would also like to have a Shrek phone case. Um, And you know what? Real men admit that Shrek is the greatest movie of all Uh time. Like, I appreciate that Al Pacino has that. Didn't his granddaughter give it to him, though? I feel like I saw that somewhere. There was, like, a TikTok where someone else had confirmed it with his granddaughter on like uh-huh. on Instagram that was just like, is this a Shrek phone case? And his granddaughter was like, yes. So there's been <laughs> double, but I'm sure it seems like something a grandchild would give. Either way, he's carrying as it like around. a joke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And I can't imagine that Al Pacino went online ever in his life, first off, but I can't imagine that he specifically went online to go buy a Shrek phone oh, case. Oh no, that never um, happened. It's, it's giving big, like um, my granddaughter bought this for me energy. Uh-huh. Or his 28 year old girlfriend. Or that. And quickly back to the wired headphones. Mm -hmm. If you Google Al Pacino headphones, you'll find a series of the most iconic photos of all time. Al sipping coffee, clutching the headphones close. Al seeming to dance down the street, headphones in. Life presumably amazing. The next investigation needs to be into what the hell he's listening to. So congrats to our himbo of the week, Al Pacino. Hoo-ah! Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Brought to You by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network, written and hosted by me, EJ Dixon, and Brittany Spanos. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Shelsey, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul, edited by Dan Stein, and original music composed by Daniel Mertzloff. See you next week. <laughs>